Disclosure, the information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, any and all information presented in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making any decision. Hey everyone, Ben Keedy here with the Wealth Crypto Podcast and have another great episode for you today. So today's guest is Chris James Murphy. He is the founder of Clink Finance. He's based out of Berlin. And basically what Clink Finance is, it's a prize-linked savings platform specifically around crypto. So basically the idea is you deposit your crypto Every day, you're eligible for essentially a raffle, and uh, if you win, then you can potentially win big. So his idea here really is focused on helping sort of the everyday person get back into crypto. So obviously, not everyone wants to be a day trader, but there is a huge market of people who are what he calls crypto curious and are definitely interested in crypto, but definitely don't want to do the day trader thing. So his idea was to leverage this prize link savings mechanism as a way to help get people back into the crypto space. So uh, I'll stop there. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks. And we're live. Chris, what's up? Hey, man. How's it going? Good. Good, good. Thanks for joining the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Sure thing. Was excited to come on. Good, good. Well, so for everyone listening, I have Chris James on. He does a number of things, but is currently running. Uh, I don't even know how you would say it. Like it's a crypto-based saving slash gambling. We're a gamified account. investment platform, yeah. is how yeah. Apple, uh, the App Store, calls us, and I like to tone of that. So okay, well, cool. So let's maybe start there. Maybe just give us a quick background on yourself, and then what you're up to with Clank, and then we can jump into it from there. Sure. So uh, I'm uh, Chris. I'm based out of uh, Berlin in Germany. I'm Irish, if, if you've managed to guess my accent. Uh, I have been a founder for nearly two years of Kling Finance. Before that, I'd worked across many different careers. Uh, but yeah, fell down the rabbit hole maybe five or six years ago, uh, albeit I, I took a, a risk and, and got myself out there and started a company in it uh, two years ago now. We're at the stage of, of product market fit. We have about four or 5,000 users uh, learning the very hard yards of being a first-time founder uh, <laughs> in the deepest, darkest of the bear market, right? I could have picked an easier time in life to do it, sure. right? But ultimately, yeah, just enjoying the journey. Nice, nice. So maybe let's just dig a little bit further into what Clink actually is for people who don't know. Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned, on the very top level, we're a gamified investment platform. What we do is we bring a mechanism known as prize link savings into the world of digital assets. So prize link savings has actually been around since the dinosaur years. So it's it's web one uh, application process. But basically, it's a gamified mechanism of saving over time. So it's actually has very consumer psychology and and, and benefits in terms of its uh, engagement with. So the way in which it works... I presented in three pretty simple steps. So, uh, uh, pricing savings accounts work like typical savings accounts. You can deposit or withdraw from them whenever you wish. The biggest difference is that you win interest week on week through probability, as opposed to earning on a fixed rate of interest, such as two, three, four percent year on year. Okay. So, 
Uh, basically, the way in which they work at an institutional level is all the participants, the liquidity is aggregated together, and the institutional amount of yield that's earned on top of all the assets basically is what drives the prize pools. That's what uh, drives the prize payouts. So the third piece, well, why will someone get involved with this? It's still a pretty good place to earn a variable amount of interest over time. You should win every couple of weeks. But you also have the opportunity to earn the whole prize pool by chance uh, week on week. Or for our instance, we clink every day. So our, our draws run 365 days a year. So basically, good, gamified, enjoyable way of saving assets, a completely alternative way of holding assets over time. But obviously, the chance to earn huge amounts of wealth without actually taking any speculative risk, active management of fund, etc. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we were very inspired by this in the, in the Web One world. There's over 140 billion pounds in assets under management in the UK in this tradition, traditional savings scheme. It's very popular in jurisdictions such as India, Pakistan, Australia, Canada, Commonwealth countries all have this traditional banking. I personally oh, grew up with okay. it. As a, yeah, as a child, I grew up with it, right? My grandmother bought me these dusty old bonds, right? And yeah. uh, <laughs> if they're still sitting in my wardrobe, probably at home somewhere, right? But I really firmly believe that digitizing it was, was going to be... Um, a side to be seen, but obviously building it into the world of uh, of Web3 or into digital assets, is, uh, as many people are coming to know now, there's a wealth of opportunity to earn uh, pretty high levels of interest and yield just through the blockchain economy, through proof of stake tokens, etc., uh, tokenized treasury bonds. So, yeah, we feel that we found a, a perfect model in a perfect world, I guess, in, in a bad storm at the moment, right? So, yeah. I'll be able bear market but we're still very much building towards the future uh, of where this product can go and serve consumers in the market interesting so to my knowledge in the united states we don't have anything that's kind of like this gamified savings structure you'd be Um, wrong there's a business called yada which is a web 2 application so it's a fintech app Uh, they have over half a million users uh, in the u.s market so i believe they're talking the app store yeah so they're a web 2 version of us they're great really great platform uh biggest difference between us and them is we work in the world of, of crypto assets right so there are obviously operational differences between the way in which our apps work uh they obviously welcome uh spending as well so uh, sure. in the bank world it's quite hard to make revenue uh so they're predominantly i'm sure they have multiple revenue streams they're at series a they've raised quite a lot of capital um it was certainly basically they do away with the savings element because it's still more of a neo bank basically it's a spending um tool uh but basically a current account as opposed towards a savings account in any wish but yeah there it is prevalent in the u.s market uh in in web 2 uh, there are emerging players with gamified neobank type services globally as well. So there's a quite a good few players in the APAC regions. APAC okay. really itself well to gamification. So we've been inspired by many different kind of platforms that operate this this gamified mechanism of holding money. Sure, uh, and have to chisel our way out to the perfect um, platform for for digital assets per se. Gotcha. Okay. So I was looking at the website and it basically looks like you just connect a wallet and you transfer crypto and then you're in this savings element. So how how exactly does that work for you guys? So you said you aggregate all the money together and then you're doing some sort of institutional yield play, right? And yep. then and then there yep. if I caught you correctly, there's two savings components. You get like sort of, you know, a traditional sort of APY, but then you also have the ability to earn these like prize pools. Am I getting sure. that right? 
Yeah, so so probably jumped in too too far ahead. So so basically, let, let me talk you through how we position ourselves, right? So uh, we're a licensed platform. We have a virtual asset service provider license in Europe. We KYC AML our users. We're not completely decentralized at the, at this okay. point in time. Okay. Our parts of our business that are decentralized, and we're building more uh, things on chain, uh, implementing smart contracts as we develop as a business. But most of our platform custody is built through Fireblocks. So yeah. Fireblocks is yeah. basically, I'm sure you know, to the listeners that are, are, are not familiar with it, it's basically a B2B institutional custody solution where it's a very safe, secure place to hold uh, digital assets. So we, we manage the custody there. Um, basically what happens is, is it flows into common pools. So uh, at this point, point in time, uh, we're only operating stable coins. We're, uh, as I said, okay. we're just out of a beta phase. So we taught basically to serve a wider market and test and, and to get used to the model. We taught stables were a, a good place to start with. So USDC, DAI and Feather are uh, available to hold and participate in in, in basically the, the, the savings uh, mechanism, the prize draw. Uh, they basically at this point in time move into tokenized treasury bills. So we use third-party uh, verified and on-chain tokenized treasury platforms. So Open Eden and Ondo Finance, um, they basically mint one-to-one stables for uh, one-to-one treasury back bills. So that's where we earn the yield for stables. We are. Okay. As a, when does this podcast plan to come out, Ben? When do you plan? Uh, I mean, it'll probably come out by the end of this week. I've got sure. the Fourth of July yeah. coming up, so okay, ne- well, ne- yeah. next week America is just like you know, yeah, they're offline. Yeah. They're offline. But the yeah, so basically, in the next two weeks, we'll be launching launching ETH pool. Um, okay, cool. Soon after Matic, so all ERC twenty tokens will be available in prize pools. But okay. basically, what happens is, as users deposit, it, it goes into a common pool, uh, either going into tokenized treasury bills on stables, or else uh, we're earning yield through staking. So uh, basically, we'll have a, a, a Matic pool. We'll direct them directly onto um, validators, which are also insured. So insurance and safety are a big part of, of what we do. Uh, and again, it's, it's to serve a, a consumer that we, of course, say crypto natives, but the holy grail for us is taking on a crypto curious consumer, right? So a Web sure. 2.5 type of person, they're still either new to crypto, holding a couple of grand, not taking active management, etc. So we believe that that will be the wider market once the market bounces back and where our product will, will most probably serve users who are passive or who wants to earn passively in, in holding the assets in, in this gamified manner. So basically the layers of security we've built is uh, threefold. So first of all, we have custody through Fireblocks. There's over 30 million of insurance in uh, breach of assets through their custody. So it's the first layer of insurance um, in terms of top prize insurance. So our prizes range from a couple of cents all the way up to, uh, at this point in time, $250,000 if they win oh, on the wow. top prize. The top prize isn't won every day. I've made a mistake on podcasts before where it's not the daily pool, right? But basically, true probability of our of our sweepstakes, we, we run a sweepstakes model on our platform, like a no-loss lottery for how much assets okay. you hold. It's a ticket system. Is that if a ticket comes off with the top prize, you can win a quarter of a million in that token every day. So we want to bring that prize up to a million dollars, $5 million, $10 million daily through an insured mechanism. So we're already implementing basically uh, on-chain DeFi insurance uh, for a mechanism known as prize indemnity insurance. So this type of insurance is is in the web one world. It's it's semi in in web two as well, but it's not in web three. So it's something we've built in partnership with a, a DeFi insurance partner. 
So and this is this is basically so like say you win the five million dollar prize, it for sure means you're getting paid your five million. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, the DeFi insurance we pay the, the DeFi insurer a premium every year. It's not cheap uh, whatsoever, yeah. right? And these games <laughs> off by how much AUM and how much the probability increases, right? Sure. But also. As well as that, basically, uh, if a user wins, all our draws run completely on chain. We use Chainlink VRF. So basically, you can completely search where the draw number is authentic. We upload all the ticket numbers before we actually run the draw every night. So like the draw, the number, the the tickets run at at 8 p.m. our time, Berlin time. And then the draw happens at 8.30. So it's completely authenticated. You can search uh, the file uh, upload basically to see the ticket numbers and obviously to see the the, uh, the draw numbers from from Chainlink. But basically, the smart contract from the DeFi insurance provider is also verifying that not those numbers on an automated mechanism. So if the user wins, it just gets paid out directly to them within the space of a couple of minutes, right? I believe it's it's verified from. So that's our second layer of insurance. The third layer of insurance is whereby we uh, have slashing insurance. So we're using third-party validators. They're, uh, tr- we don't build on the own validator uh, connections ourselves. We're using third-party institutional uh, services. They take commissions, but they also provide slashing insurance based on any risk that's uh, captured from, from uh, the pa- passing of funds into the validators themselves and on off-noting as well. So... Yeah, we, we want to be the most secure service and platform. We also, and I'm, I'm making a point of this, and I do in many of the podcasts because there's so little trust in the market now, is we tell users exactly where the funds are distributed into, right? So the stables are earning through tokenized treasury bills. They're completely one-to-one backed. And then, of course, the yield is earned from the other ERC-20s from, from proof-of-stake validators. So, um, okay. yeah, we... We create liquidity from from these mechanisms, and then basically the probability just distributes the winnings back to the users. So we have okay. a probability model that gives a very it's variable yields, right? So to your point, um, users can be very unlucky and win nothing, but the way in which we win the probability, users will be winning a fair uh, amount of funds day to day. But obviously, they can win high and they can win low on a daily, all ranging all the way up to a quarter million of of that token every day. So okay. Yeah, that's, position of how we place ourselves interesting so. um a couple of things i just wanted to kind of clarify so currently on the platform is deposits are just uh state myself in here excuse me a sec sorry oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry but please continue uh no no you're good so um question was current current deposits are just stable coins um correct but you're mm-hmm. adding Ethereum and ERC tokens soon-ish. Um, do you? I mean, do you have uh, Bitcoin on there too, or is there? Yeah. So uh, Bitcoin, we feel, will probably come last in the cycle, uh, okay. simply because um, it's actually very hard to earn yield off, right? So in terms yeah. of actually taking safe use of the assets. We believe as a financial instrument, there's very much more tokens that people should be earning in. Might I say as well, uh, a, a, a big part of our thesis in taking on uh, a, a wider community of, of Web 2.5 consumers is we won't have any other just token that comes available. You're not going to put you're not going to put. I won't use the H word. I won't use it. I, I've, used, I've used the bad word a few times in podcasts. I want to stop saying it, right? But no, poorly low, uh, lowly, low liquid, high volatility tokens that come and go uh, over a couple of weeks will come onto our platform. So we want good vetting. 
Um, we believe there's utility in a lot of tokens and that people should be holding them over time, right? And that even comes down to the alts. Um, choosing certain alts is basically uh, choosing what the users will be earning in what we believe on a long-term scale. So we want users to hold over time with our services. We're a hodler platform. That's how we present ourselves. Bitcoin is the holy grail. Uh, unfortunately, at this point in the market, the yield rates are, are low, so we feel that it will be coming next. You probably would have seen okay. it as dominant is that 51% now it's probably crazy for a founder to be saying this but perhaps we might let users hold Bitcoin through our services but that the price rates will be low on the interim so uh, we won't uh, come with immediately but it will be coming perhaps towards the end of the year already depending where where the market is right okay okay interesting Um, I wanted to kind of go back to just like the idea of sort of price linked savings as as you're saying it because the like I'm a, I don't know if you saw this on my background, but I'm a former financial advisor. Um, did retail to institutional stuff here in the states, and and one of the I guess fascinating things of just working with everyday people is that behavioral component to how people spend their money, why people spend their money, because you know as animals we're sort of hardwired for the emotional decision first and to to save is to put a rational thought process into something super emotional like spending money so the idea of giving like that dopamine hit for doing the right thing i think is really interesting um i'm just wondering how much you've like thought about the behavioral component of you know the business and then how you're building it from there of course, the foundations of our business is off, off that hit, right? So, you know, if you look at the onset, right, it, and even through our partners, right? So we've worked with great partners, but initially from the onset, it's like, are you a gambling solution, right? But we're completely the opposite, right? But what we observe is that um, people have certain behavioral traits, as you've mentioned, right? It's it's nice to spend money in crypto. It's it's nice to speculate, right? Everyone wants to think that... <laughs> I'm I'm not, I'm guilty of it as well, man. Everyone is, right? Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, the way in which we build the mechanics of our app is that basically it should be an exciting place where you check in daily, uh, whereby you're also earning over time. So as we move into volatile token, there will be volatility. There's nothing we can get around with that. That's part of the crypto game, right? But it cannot be denied if you look at the best performing assets over the last 20 years, right? It's digital assets. Bitcoin has been the best performing uh, token um, over the last, let, let alone be token, let alone be an asset uh, over the last 10 to 15 years, right? It's better Facebook, it's better Tesla, it's better everyone, right? In terms of, of its run up. So we believe that, you know, users should have a taste of that, but it comes over time. But holding over time is hard, right? So yeah. what, what can you bridge in between that, right? In in the interim, that will keep them excited, will keep that level of length of, of uh, holding uh, in a way that's fun and uh, not monotonous, right? So it's very hard, I feel, as well, as a person who mightn't have as much... Uh, liquidity or funding is that you know you're holding a two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars that might be all you, you can really afford at this point in time to look at a four percent fixed compounding rate right you're like where am i ever going to get with this right it's very hard to yeah it's very hard to um to come to terms that you're going to have to hold that thing forever and although it will compound over time the underlying principle is just not going to get you far, right? So yeah. I really think that services like ours, where it's like, okay, you can hold it, you will earn interest over time. There's a variable rate, but you also have the chance to multiply 
in huge amounts uh, without actually taking speculative risk on on the uh, on on where you put the funding. So what I mean by that is that you know you gamble it, right? Is so you leverage it up? Yeah, a lot of platforms out there, certain players in the market, right? They make their money out of leverage, right? And that's fair enough. Trading platforms are there for traders. A lot of people in the markets aren't traders, so it's yeah. uh, it's. It's a, it's a catch-22 whereby there's a whole where we feel a market of people that want to enjoy the assets. They want to semi-speculate by holding it with us. There is that upside, but still uh, a very um, safer matter in terms of trying to make money quickly where we all know where that's going to end up at, at the end of things. So, yeah. yeah. We've completely played on the consumer psychology of that. And something that's quite nice is that, you know, coming into this market, or aside from the market, is that it's been proven before, right? Uh, the premium bond scheme, the, the pricing savings in the UK is one of the pop most popular savings schemes globally. It's rippled into other jurisdictions globally. Uh, the hold times in the UK savings scheme is, 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 is significant. People hold for years, right? We're a startup coming out of the block, right? We know we have to earn our stripes and build trust. But the underlying model itself has been proven for maybe 50, 60 years. Of course, with people of different age brackets, et cetera. But ultimately, we're a new consumer group with a digital product and, and a new form of asset, right? So we certainly believe that that psychology model wouldn't change in humans. Um, uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> regardless of the underlying asset, right? So yeah. that's that's where we see the play in the market. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then the you mentioned you got a pretty good user base currently. What what are what are sort of the demographics of the user base? Are they English speaking, are they super global? Are they all under, yeah. you know, 25 or what, what's, yeah. what's your user like? Yeah. It's all guys, about 90%, 95% male, which is, I guess, is uh, most of crypto, right? I spoke to yeah. a few founders. There's not much of a different demographic yeah. in there. I'd change that as well, right? But like ultimately, predominantly male, 18 to 30. That's the core demographic. Um, I think what I've observed is that a lot of crypto people are English speakers. So like if you're in different markets, people have a level of English to be able to use apps in English. That is one of our cruxes. Actually, we want to make the app into multiple languages. It's on our roadmap. We're quite early, right? So we raised in September. We're in the first iterations of our product at the start of this year. Okay. Um, we've optimized it a bit. So we were in weekly cycles of draws. We moved to daily now. We're moving into multi-token. So we're we're still learning. Uh, we'll move the app into multiple languages. In terms of where our user base come out of, we haven't put too much money into our marketing. Uh, we actually see a lot of emerging markets. So okay. there's, there's two categories of users, I would say, at this point, whereby uh, we have a huge amount of emerging markets. So we have uh, Indonesia, Vietnam, Turkey, Brazil, a lot of organic uh, engagement from those, which is something we love to see, right? Because yeah. savings, et cetera, banking is, is tough in some of those jurisdictions, obviously sure. some better than others. Yeah. But serving a savings solution into those markets and digital assets is something that we're already quite proud of. So it's, it's, it's getting a, a, an organic use or, or need, I guess, right, from, from those users. The second demographic of users we have at the moment is like, uh, is, is to be honest, is like a, a Western mid-level wealth. So like people who are too smart to play the lottery, they want to diversify their assets. It's true, right? They, yeah. We spoke yeah. with them, right? Uh, it's yeah. like, why play the Powerball when you can use us, right? So it's a, and yeah. this again is, is what we want to hear. Uh, they have... 50, 70K in crypto wealth, they'll put five or 10K towards us, right? It's sitting there nicely. It's earning them yield. They're checking in daily. It's a bit fun. Yeah. So that's 
there are demographics. Again, not too much performance marketing or efforts put in the way. We're just about to start pushing, I would say, in the coming weeks and months now that we have our ducks in a row. But they're the two demographics that um, we see. Another observation we see, which you, you probably find interesting, and I've also come to learn that this is uh, a uh, a pretty standard uh, thing about personal finance apps is that there's a, a staggered uh, onboarding. So a lot of people will tip their toes in the water, right? They're like, what is this? I want to understand this. You know, do I trust this charcoal process is coming yeah. in with the platform into the market, right? So they maybe put in $20, $50, $100. They'll run through a few cycles of draws. They'll win something. They'll put a couple hundred more dollars in. They'll win something again. And then what we've seen is that specifically with the Western users as well as they'll put 10 grand in, right? So it's like, okay, I, uh, I, I trust the model. I'm winning something. I've seen a, a, yeah. a found podcast, et cetera. And from there, um, they're in, right? So we're at a pre-seed phase. This is something that we really like to see. And coherently that we're also adding value, right? Is that they over other services, they can hold it in Binance if they wanted to. Well, maybe not Binance is, is the best one to use that, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're getting bashed around big time. But, um, you know, in terms of other services and portals, there's so much competition in the market is that we feel such an honor that these people have come, you know, organically or, or through other means and that they, um, they enjoy our services. So yeah, sure. I guess okay. morning, yeah. Yeah. I did. I did want to ask just a couple of sort of basic questions about the business. So um, how do you guys make money? I assume you're taking a fee somewhere on yeah, yeah. deposits or the lottery or whatever. Um, we take threads off the AUM. So basically if the uh, platform is earning yield through the staking is that we would take a spread of that. So okay. uh, to start, uh, we also take transactional fees as well. So basically, users can come in and come out. They can send money uh, through uh, direct transfer through wallet. We take fees on that. Uh, and also, we have partnerships with on-rampers where we would make transactional fees on, on the people on-ramping funds in and out. Okay. Uh, this is our go-to-market product. We do have plan basically further personal finance products, gamified personal finance products sure. in our services yeah. to develop. But at this point in time, what we want to do is get product market fit. Uh, we don't make huge amounts of revenue, especially when liquidity is low. We're, we're still a very early stage business, right? So we're loss making now. Uh, but ultimately, the way we scale up is our AUM gets higher. Uh, we make spreads on the yields and the prize pools. And then obviously offering secondary services as we develop as a platform. Okay. Okay, cool. And then just in terms of ownership of you know your tokens on the platform, do you surrender the private key to the pool? or how how does that work yeah so at this point in time fireblocks uh, provides uh security across all addresses so yeah. all key. so they're a secure platform they typically work with b2b2c clients they have mpc security uh as i mentioned they have the insurances if transactions go through the key is split so if a user takes a transaction uh it's like one of our treasury team or me as a founder i would have to confirm the transaction uh we also um uh, whitelist addresses. So if a user whitelists in and out, we would verify that the uh, wallet isn't from uh, a mixer or from any fraudulent or AML. Sure. Okay. So at the moment, it is CFI. Uh, we do yeah. want to put things more on chain as we develop. 
problem with smart contracts is they get exploited right um so they're, they're not like as if we raise half a million we have a great developer team we want to bring our our platform uh, as on chain as we can but we also certainly believe that the main custody should probably still stick with the institutional uh security level with the insurances etc we envision basically a cd5 platform as we uh further develop yeah like one of the Things that I've kind of thought about, particularly with these crypto businesses that are still inherently kind of CFI, is that the level, like you almost have an even greater burden of disclosure for what you're doing with people's money, particularly given the last, you know, 18 months, right? Yeah. Like um, three arrows, Celsius, FTX, blah, blah, blah. Like they're all oh, the last 12 months. Yeah. 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 Months. yeah. I guess that's yeah. true, huh? Yeah. yeah. It was. It was basically last year. This time last year, I believe. Yeah, they they all came at once. Um, But I remember looking at Celsius back in the day. And I, you know, I have a financial services background. So I was curious, like, how are you generating 15% yield on these like deposit accounts like that? That just did not pass a sniff test for me. And, you know, I started to try and look around to see what they were doing with these deposits, but you could never really find anything about what they were up to. Um, you know, only in the aftermath of the blow up, have you started to kind of generate a picture of that? But, um, you know, I, I guess my, my, my thought, I guess, or statement is just like whatever transparency you can give around exactly what those assets are doing at all times would be probably to your benefit. Yeah, we um, of course became very well aware that it would be not uh, a nice to have, but a necessity that the transparency is there to the user. We're at the moment we're upgrading our website, so we actually want to show the flow of funds. So there is address um, history basically of, of where flows through. We do work through, uh, we do distribute some onto Ava, etc. So ultimately, in terms of uh, presenting our treasury, that's something that we will do uh, coming into our new website. What we also want to do basically do uh, is is monthly reporting as well, right? So it's like. Okay. Uh, the month comes out, we send to the user what the treasury actions are, where it's coming from, and just ultimately just showing where, where the actions come from. Things are still traceable once you send the addresses, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's the user uh, to see uh, in which the way in which the flow of funds are, and, and you know, put, put it to us if, if we're if we're being uh, tr- truthful or not. But again, as you would have seen from the uh, or what I presented in the um, the the draw using on chain VRF etc would. Again, it was semi a hard build, right? It would have been easier to do it through AWS or on servers, etc., sure. and off chain. But ultimately, from the very echelons of speaking with users, you have to prove things are on uh, for for at least the draws, at least, is that there's complete transparency in terms of selection of numbers, etc. Sure, yeah. So towards it, yeah, yeah. No, that's. I mean, that's good to hear. Like, um, I guess particularly going back to the demographic that is primarily your customer base right now, they're all dudes they're all crypto curious or you know super into it so these are them right so like you know if again i paint a picture of of a person who might first come into crypto in the next year or two right i you know maybe we see all those etfs are coming in we might see 40 50k bitcoin right and then the market turns upside down again right so these new guys coming in my observation when I spoke to many people in this bracket is, you know, what is a crypto curious person in the first place, right? It gets it gets thrown around a lot. For me, it's someone who either uses CFI solutions as it stands or is taking their first steps in, into cryptocurrency, right? Mm-hmm. 
of course, many young people can manage seed phrases, etc. My aunties, my uncles, my cousins, etc. They don't know what crypto is. There's still 95% of the market, right? Of people who yeah. will come who yeah. still have to come in, right? Uh it's bad enough to even convince them of what crypto is as opposed to them landing into a wallet and being like, mine this secret password and if yeah, you use yeah. it forever, right? Is it, so is this a hot or a cold or yeah, a warm or yeah, like yeah, a, what, what like, am I doing know, with this thing? You know, you're a crypto native. I'm founder of a crypto company. I feel many, I've sort of many conversations where, you know, it gets lost, right? It's like, you know, it's like this extra layer of that and this and that, the other, right? But you're still missing the whole point. It's that first newcomer doesn't know what the hell's going on, right? So it's like the, yeah. there's these steps of getting people in. We wanted ourselves to act like a neobank. If you look at our app, it's a very simple UI, you on board. It's a very quick yeah. description, debit card, credit card can change currencies, et cetera, right? Based on, on, on where they're located out of. It's just a nice, simple uh, pers- uh, starting experience. We started with the stables as well. Obviously, the stables are more uh, identifiable to uh, the crypto curious. And again, we've, we've got a wealth of knowledge to understand transparently that a lot of crypto curious people aren't around there anymore, right? It's like we're in the depths of a, of a, of a dark hole bear market experience and um, people have disappeared. So, you know, in, in this kind of market and f- in full disclosure, it's very fair that you say these things, right? You know, where do you earn the yields? You know, where, you know, who does manage the keys, etc. But there, there's an argument stake there to say that it's just a lot of crypto dudes arguing against each other in a room where it's like, you know, this newcomer who's knocking on the door here, where is it that they get started from, right? And that's where we've kind of built our services from. We want to have those layers of insurances. We want to have a good, unique experience. We want to earn the yield for them in a distributed, safe manner. And obviously provide them that gamified experience uh, whilst also building them into more of a uh, native towards crypto, right? We'll develop our services. As I mentioned, we wanted to expose our treasury, expose multi-reporting, et cetera, and make that a community-driven thing to those types of consumers as well. So that's really the angle we play at um, and what we build towards as well, because we know that these people will come back. Yeah, no, I think you bring a really good point to the market, like the addressable, the addressable market is not the people who are in crypto and have been in crypto. It's everyone else who's not here yet. And that market is orders of magnitude higher than, you know, what, what we currently have. Um, about before the, um, before the crash, there was about seven to 9% of the UK, um, crypto adoption. So the whole liquidity of crypto in the UK, it was about all towards the population, seven to 9%, but it's four to 5% of that was holding it in centralized exchanges. Right. So that's your yeah. Joe. So down the road, it's like, whatever, what is this doge thing? Right. It's like, I want in, right. A yeah. lot of people were, um, contract for differences, derivatives, right. Where there's neo banks that are saying, Hey, by by this coin, but they're not actually a hold in the asset. They don't own the asset, right? It's just basically yeah. constant difference. It's a it's a it's a price on the board, right? So um that main market there is has been subdued. They're gone now, but they'll emerge again, right? And for me, we're personally bullish that they'll be coming back perhaps in the first or second quarter of next year, right? Is where hopefully we start to see a turn in the markets. We're already starting to see a whisper in the air, right? The equity markets are bouncing back now, right? So yeah. They can shoot right down again, Ben. There's no doubt about that, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> if rate hikes slow down a little bit, right? If if things clean up a little bit, we might see ourselves moving into a new market, right? So 
do these guys jump straight into Dexes, right? With songs <laughs> I'm probably not. Right? <laughs> so it's like, you know, where do they go? So it's Binance or or nothing, right? So yeah. it tends to be the way it is now. So we want to be an approachable service that is capable of, of onboarding these users where they're not afraid. They've seen their friends win. It's a simple process, right? But they're learning yeah. along. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I personally, like from a software background, I, I tend to think that the early days of crypto, it was too technical for way too many people, you know, mm-hmm. like the UX just wasn't there. Like you, you know, setting up MetaMask, you know, even years ago was like, you didn't, it, it was just harder, you know, it wasn't like the smoothest thing. Um, so I love the idea of just creating a, a user interface that people can onboard quickly and like in a familiar way too, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, provided you keep moving down that road, it'll probably treat you guys really well. Um, do uh, like what does your roadmap look like for the rest, say the rest of the year and into next year? What are, what are like the big milestones for you? Yeah, I have to say we're very proud of of, of our team. So um, I, I, I was actually looking at a video on my laptop earlier. I did a demo of our first version app in January, and it's like yeah. you know, it's crazy how far you go, right? So we're sure. team of five engineers now two uh, founders and, and two marketers so in terms of the licensing the structures everything that we've done so far across all teams has been amazing but i really have to put my hats off to the dev team so like we started with a, a very simplistic app we thought we we actually i'll be in full disclosure i thought we would stick with usdc i just thought okay. we'd be cc type neobank right so stablecoin bank i fully trust the treasury of circle i think they're a great business right they're backed by great institutions as well the deep egg nonetheless still happened right so like it's like you're in the state of the market where it's like you know trust trust nobody no matter sure, what yeah. right you, you have to you have to be able to support other assets you have to be able to move them quickly so in the space of the past few months uh, the team have optimized uh, into multi-token and stables so that was the first feat yeah. uh, we also moved into a daily draw so previously the reputation of the cycle was seven days so you had to hold over seven days oh, okay. uh, and then you would receive your reward now we basically um um uh, divided the probability down by seven. So there's still the chance of rewards, but we do daily pay- payouts, right? So the cycle of understanding yeah. its knowledge is a lot quicker for someone to onboard with. Um, uh, we've brought the um, the draws on chain. All the smart contracts are done from Chainlink QRF. We're obviously just about to complete the integration with um, uh, the DeFi insurance partner as well. So that's not in place. That's soon to come. So roadmap for the end of this year, I would say basically is that we're completely impenetrable. We have multiple layers of, of DevOps security around what we're doing as well. Scalability of the app is being worked on as well. We have a part-time DevOps that basically as we bring more users in, the functionality doesn't slow down, et cetera. Backend improvements, I would say, is, is what we would focus on. Uh, we're built on Laravel initially. Uh, so PHP Laravel, we soon realized after building it, this was a bad decision. So the, the second half of the year, we'll be moving ourselves off Laravel. Uh, consumer-facing side, you'll see multi-tokens. So we want to have maybe 10 to 15 of the top uh, staking tokens, liquid tokens, sure. right? We can earn good yields from uh perhaps a web application we're also moving into a new uh, design so we uh put our money where our mouth is we have a very very attractive looking app coming in so our app is fine now i'm very critical of it as you probably are if you work if you work in in product right you know i'm sick of looking at something every day right although we don't get 
feedback, but we know there's so many ways we can improve. So improve the UX UI. The second half of our year basically is getting a well-formated product uh, into the market, right? So it's actually more of a, of a growth game is, is yeah. into the second half of the year. In all honesty, we've done a lot of heavy lifting in the product. Long-term um, uh, vision for the product basically is it's a multi-service platform. Um, we would, I would love to see community pools, right? So whereby you can actually uh, huddle with friends so you can have a private or public sure. pool. Could be London crypto pool, right? Or there could be, uh, yeah. you know, us or a couple of friends, roommates, we can be earning yield together in private pools through the platform. That's something that we want to bring into the services. Sure. Yeah. We have a few other services that we've earmarked that are, are also revenue generating. I won't disclose them in the call. Right. But sure, yeah. I think it's also very important not to get ahead of ourselves. Right. So like we've just, we've really found our stride now recently uh, moving from weekly to daily. We see basically that our daily active usage is just shot up. Right. So oh, that's great. We, yeah. We, we platform, Again, you're you know at the at the whiteboard trying to figure out how, how to get your your services going in an organic manner. It was a big decision for us to do that a couple of months ago. I won't get to the ins and outs of it of how complex it was to change, basically in terms of dynamics of of the services, the payouts, all the basically the functionality sure. go on behind it. I'm sure you know this, right? Yeah. But get, that was a big achievement, and it's great to see a dividend coming out of it that the usage is, is coming in on a, on a daily basis now. So I think, you know, what you will see from this point to the end of the year is a, is a lot more sexy app, but also a lot more tokens to earn from as well. If we get that far, I'll be pretty happy for the second half sure. of this year yeah. As, yeah. As, as much as things can break. Yeah. Uh, also, as well as that, we're starting to welcome and onboard more users into the, from the market as well. So we've earmarked uh, a number of jurisdictions that we feel like the services. Uh, we've tested a few different mechanisms of marketing as well. We've put a couple of grand into ads, et cetera, not much. We've, I put it at zero, right? But just testing. Um, so we want to basically build on our assumptions now and just start getting more users, more liquidity into the platform. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you said something that uh, really resonated with me just about product market fit and like where, where my head went was not getting to distracted about all the other things that you could do and really just zeroing in and making the best single thing that you can, because I kind of feel like, I mean, I've been a part of startups that get distracted, right? Like yeah. They kind of move away from, you know, what the core service is, what is working, what's doing really well and just continuing to improve that. And then moving into air quotes, sexier things that, might open up another revenue line, but are ultimately unproven, you know? Mm. Um, and I think threading the needle there is super important. So it's, it's cool to hear that you really kind of just zeroed in on just making this one thing work and work yeah. really well. So, yeah. We listened to the users as much as we could, right? And I, I guess it could be said that we aren't sticking to one thing. We've moved into multi-assets, et cetera, right? But ultimately, uh, if users can earn in one token, they should be able to earn in, in good, steady tokens as well. And if we have that in case, we're a pretty well-advanced service at, at that point in time, right? So we're a hodler platform. We gamify hodling and our services are able to do that at this point in time. So uh, yeah, I, I, again, my hat's off to the dev team. We've built a service that's basically able to bring into the market now. So now it's more about building our way into finding that perfect user demographic, right? We believe we have two already as i've mentioned right but also you can't have to right we still need to figure out who is that perfect consumer right so we have to learn but i'm I'm very happy with the product and where it's come from in the past six months yeah yeah i mean you may be honest but if you can find a way to actually 
just gamify sort of financial services for, you know, call it the retail user for normal everyday normal people. I mean, I think there's a real opportunity to actually make a meaningful impact on people's lives because uh one of my big takeaways, at least in, in the States, is there's zero personal finance education. And it is a travesty because you can turn 18, you can go take out two or $300,000 in student loans that you can't go through bankruptcy to... to, to um, you don't go through bankruptcy with student loans? Uh, in the US, no. They're the one thing in bankruptcy that you have to pay back. Yeah. It's nuts. So anyway, it's... Um, I feel like people have been thinking long and hard about how to crack the retail personal finance consumer. And if you can, if you can get people engaged into getting smarter about their money, I think you've got a good business. So we, we personally get through. So our whole mission statement is to drive global crypto adoption through these pricing services, right? For us, it's, it's, you know, let's get, what we'll get, we haven't had many users come in that are never, that are completely new to crypto, right? There's been one or two maybe, but they're through my personal sure. network. My, my buddy's back at home, right? Yeah, yeah. Like for me, what the, what the real creme de la creme would be is when we see users who are in on their first time, right? It's like, okay, they're referred to their friends. Like, okay, Clink's a good service to kick off it, right? So if we can drive more liquidity and usage of digital assets in through the globe, right? That's that's what will what will keep us going forever, right? It's, it's getting that consumer in. Who will be that everyday consumer at some point? We were there, right? At one point, yeah. I was like, this right and of course there was limitations there was only exchanges then right it was like yeah. okay which evil exchange do you want to use over, over yeah. the other right? they all have candlesticks like yeah. what hell is a limit order like why should you know what a limit order is if you just want yeah. to pass a turn right so like there's none of that with our businesses right it's like you can you can transfer in or you purchase it directly right but it's not that you're on this trading type speculative behavior over time oh yeah i saw this meme one time uh twitter instagram or something about how uh, day trading is basically astrology for dudes and yeah. i just never been able to get that out of my head like everybody loses as well traders 90 yeah. percent of them it loses money right so it's yeah. like and i've also been there as well i'm always so transparent i've lost money trading right so it's like and i've made money from holding the crypto over time right and even in the down cycle i'm 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 yeah. buying it I'm dollar cost average of my way consistently into the markets and will pay a dividend. So yeah. we need to services for normal people, right? Where they're avoiding all those things. Like as I mentioned, we had done some uh, research out of all, I think nearly every single exchange and platform offers leverage at this point, oh, right? That's, that's well, yeah. the market, right? And it's like, of course, that's tempting. My girlfriend, God bless her, right? She was using Etoro and she just couldn't away, get away from that 50x button. And I was like, yeah. stay away, stay away, right? You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. no, those, those offshore platforms in the, uh, that are not available in the US, like I know people who mess around with that 50x to 100x and it's like, oh my gosh, like you better be careful. But that, that, you know I mean, there's no being careful. The money will be gone if you keep it there, right? So oh, yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Prices swing, and so do um, so. So does the leverage, right? So yeah, it is what um, it is. Well, let's see. Uh, unfortunately, I do have to jump here, Chris. Got another podcast to record, but this was fascinating. I mean, I'd love to have you back on at any point and just get the update on how things are going. But if uh, if you want to sign off with anything, any closing thoughts, or you know, where yeah. people can find you and all that. 
So yeah, uh, you can search us clinkfinance.com. Uh, we're available on iOS and Android stores now. Uh, very happy for you to join our Discord channels as well. Uh, we have a live chat actually in the app itself. So uh, we're oh, only cool. one we're only one communication away. If you want to reach out to me directly uh, as the founder, my name is Chris James Murphy on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm sure you'll probably share the links in in the the podcast oh, yeah. itself. Yeah. But yeah, uh, anyone who signs on gets free, uh, 10 free USDC tickets. So uh, you can get lucky without having to do anything. So yeah, try nice. us out. We'd love cool. to have you. And uh, yeah, Ben, I'd love to roll it back. Uh, so uh, maybe September, October time, I jump back on as we've kind of developed more into that multi-token service. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. All right, Chris, thanks for coming on. I appreciate right. it. Take care now. Bye-bye. Yep. Cheers. Bye.